Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pixels and Ink podcast, episode 345. I am your host, Jordan Biorti, and joining me tonight is the excellent, reliable Chris DeHoog. Good to be here. Happy April yes. Fool's Day. Waka Happy Waka. April Fool's Day. All the all the good jokes and all the jokes and pranks that we're not going to ha- make because of uh, our current times. <laughs> just... Like, just a little apocalypse. Just a little apocalypse. You know, it's just maybe, just maybe, maybe not not the the best of of timing. And and of course, you heard him for yourself. It's uh, the awesome you did. Lane Martin. Hey, how's it going? That's Lane Martin. What up? <laughs> oh, you know, just uh, just just hanging. So uh, let's get into the podcast. And you know what? Speaking of speaking of uh, April Fools, you know, as much as um. As much as, you know, right now maybe isn't the the appropriate time to be doing April Fool's stuff. I think, you know, I, I can't help but mi- like miss a little bit. Like it feels like, you know, 10 years ago-ish, April Fool's, people used to put a lot more effort into April Fool's stuff. Like all the, all the websites had like really good April Fool's pre- like jokes, you know, like every once in a while, like, you know, um... Wasn't there that? Wasn't there that one time? I can't remember. Was it Google or YouTube that like flipped the whole site upside down for like a year or for like a day? Oh, I mostly that remember them right. doing um, Pac-Man in browser, and there was something else they did the year before that. I don't, but I, I don't think. think that was April Fools. That was just like a fun little thing they did. I remember like there was actual like I think it might it might have been Google that like it's just like it like flipped the site upside down for the day. And like anytime you if you like Google search like every all the text was like just upside down i know youtube did some stuff every once in a while um you know and then and all the all the good like game sites used to have like really good like little like like well done things like i'll never you know i'll never forget the um the time that uh, that game trailers commissioned that like really like you know i mean i get arguably good looking um legend of zelda mm. trailer and they and they and they put it on the site like like it was a real thing that was happening right. you know, i think there was well, like, Think Geek used to do a whole thing, like back when they were relevant and not just literally GameStop's <laughs> website. Yeah, yeah, and it's that's what I mean. Like, you know, it was it was it was good natured, and you know, and there was like there was effort mm-hmm. put into it. I remember even even it was around the time I think even Kojima did it. Like, it was around the same time that uh, around the time that uh, Metal Gear Solid Four was coming out. They they had this like it was like this this secret character reveal that they did on April Fools and they put Altair in like like they they just put his model in the game as like Snake and they were like yeah Altair is gonna be in this game he's like a special character you can unlock and he has like all this like different stuff like and I was like holy shit they actually put like effort into this <laughs> that sounds like some Kojima yeah, crap that, that lovable rascal my favorite was always the. Uh... My favorite was always the game magazines, like back in you know when you know the nineties or whatever, and like the early two thousands, where they would run a joke and then like you'd almost believe oh, it for dude. a month, and then they would get the correct. Yeah. EGM used to dude, do you know, you you. I am like actually not even joking when I tell you that like I didn't I didn't know when I was a kid, and I you know I guess I, like you know this is how effective the the prank was is when um Nintendo Power ran this. Uh, this like this thing about how you could you could get Yoshi in Pokemon Red and Blue, and like what you had oh, yeah. to do to get him was like basically 
every every um you, you need you needed a copy of red and a copy of blue both copies had to have all 150 pokemon registered to the pokedex you had to go to the cave where you find mewtwo there's like a firestone in like a really like obscure location you have to like get it and then you have to like trade uh like a chancy between the two games and like when it came back it would just be like yoshi and it would have like moves that were like reflective of yoshi and I thought that that was real. I tried so hard to like actually make that happen, and then it wasn't until like until like years later as an adult that I learned that it was like just a just a prank. It was really convincing. I think uh, EGM had the one one time back in Smash Bros. Melee that you could unlock Sonic and Tails. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that was EGM. <laughs> well, and of course they had the uh, the Shenlong one. For little a did while. little did we know oh, yeah, Street Fighter about friggin' Sonic there. Yeah, five years later, they'd actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, How many people do you think actually thought that that was a prank when people were just like, "Oh my God, Sonic is in Brawl." Well, it was back in the days of like schoolyard rumors and stuff yeah. too, right? Like from from my age, anyways, like back around the late nineties. So you know, it just kind of blends in with the noise yeah. after a while. I mean, unless you were like me and you were going on that Smash Bros. Dojo, like literally every day, like I was, and then seeing all the characters that were going to be in it. Now it's like Razor's promoting hair dye. That's That's, yeah, that was pretty funny. Chroma hair dye, <laughs> all the RGB you could ever want. <laughs> well I mean, they got the mask might yeah, as well yeah you get the match right <laughs> it would really coordinate that would be dude that would be cool I'd I dream of that future where we could have like like green screen haircuts it's the cyberpunk future that CD Projekt Red failed <laughs> yeah, to <deliver> exactly <laughs> that's all I want is just like yeah it's like LED haircuts if I had hair to uh, to install it in LED yeah, that would, be, that would be cool. That's probably a thing. I'm sure we could Google that. An LED wig makes more sense than like LED actual hair that's like coming out of your head. <laughs> now we're getting into actual actionable things. Right, granted, I guess if you just spray yeah, painted your hair Googling. green and like, you know, just like went on like a stream, you could probably do it. All you gotta do is just, you know, is just color yeah. remove and all that shit. <laughs> Now we're getting somewhere, but uh, but we but we have to move on from uh, from this this lighthearted jovial tone of ours to it was all a trick. To some really sad somber news, guys. Um, so I don't know if you if you heard, but March thirty first marked a very tragic day in the history of video games. Um, the 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 legendary Super Mario has died at the age of 35 we didn't know we we, we, you know what it's 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 like we didn't know what we had until he was gone you know like i i mean i for one am just i i I, i'm the most broken up about it i think um you know i mean i'm not so upset because his his survivors their princess yeah our, our, our hearts go out to them you know and the whole Mushroom Kingdom, really. What does this mean for? What does this mean for Baby Mario? <laughs> who is not well, Mario he will he will child. grow up to be the Mario who died yesterday. There's some weird time oh, shenanigans. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he is. Yeah, he is literally just the 
past version of Mario. So when he grows up I mean, and, and sees this day, it'll be this last. He'll know that this is the day he dies. He'll know, he'll, he'll know what's coming. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not too upset because I have it on good authority that he just respawns somewhere else and now he's hiding out from his family. <laughs> yeah, so. you went to go live with his uh, his his second family in the in he, he had a secret uh, one up in Sarasla land yeah. over there. His second family. It was all a life insurance scam. <laughs> yeah. He was hanging out on the steps with that turtle and just bouncing off of it until he got more and more points. And then he just got more and more. Infinite lives. Thing. Yeah. The infinite life trick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. That's so, so stupid. Uh, I was so. I'm actually more upset that more people didn't like read my article and like leave me like salty hate comments about it. Because it's just. What a, what a friggin' load of idiocy like 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 the amount of effort that people put in to like like how stupid of an idea this is like like i saw this one this one thing on twitter that was like this really well done animation that was like i i don't know if it was a reference to something or like 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 you know there's like the world was just like like ending or there was like this like cataclysm and mario had to like go face it and then like luigi like hugs him and 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 throws him away and he sacrifices himself so mario could live and i was just like like the amount of effort that went into it for such a bad joke like it, it just it made me angry <laughs> Like, like, I get it. It's upsetting that you can't go to the store and buy a thing anymore. But, like, give me a break. Like, like, like I said in my article, if you if you want to read it on the website, cgmagonline.com. Um, like, do you really think Nintendo is not going to try capitalizing on nostalgia ever again? Like... Like, oh no, they they pulled the 3D All-Stars off of the store. Why would you do that, Nintendo? Don't you like money? Don't you like success? It's like, wh why? When they re-release another version of this, you're not going to run out and buy it the day it comes out? Wait, is or, that the reason that this is the day Mario yeah, dies? Because, because, because it, it was it March 31st was the day, like it was the end of the... Um, the Mario 35th anniversary, right? So, and like Nintendo, ex like explicitly said when this thing started that like this was only going to be available for a year. Right. It's specifically like to celebrate, you know, the the whole like anniversary, and then once it's done, like it's going to be gone. Like it's supposed to be like kind of like a little, you know, pocket experience where like yeah. you know it's 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 a celebration thing. And 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 I even said it in my article, like. Like on in theory, I actually like I like that idea. You know what I mean? Like because like video games yeah. as a medium is is so like much more fluid than it used to be. So like the idea of so, like of of a video game just existing for a year as like, in celebration of an event like seems like a kind of like little like once in a like lifetime thing that happens, right? Like the same things kind of happen with movies and TV shows and stuff like that. Like things go off the air, like things only are only around, or like even like other like products, right? Like limited time, like products, like, you know, I don't know, toys or Mountain Dew, whatever you want to, whatever it is. <laughs> the reason right. No, I totally get what you're saying. I, I love that idea too. It reminds me of an old, like, super indie like really low low tier indie game called escape where like you could only play it once and 
whatever you did and it was persistent throughout and you couldn't yeah. Like, yeah. It, and that's something that is really lost in video in the current climate of video games like we we don't understand consequences i guess no it's just yeah people just people want to have their cake and eat it too right like they you know it's that it's that belief that like oh because it because it exists it, it should exist in in perpetuity like you know and 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 to, and to a certain degree, like there, you know, there's like that's a dangerous sort of like logic, obviously, because yeah, because you know, this is how you get so many people who just re-release games constantly, you know, in special editions and HD editions, because you know, if it made money once, it'll make money forever. But like that's been Nintendo's design philosophy right. for how many years now? <laughs> like, well, it's 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 like Disney with the vault that they used to have back in the '90s and like 2000s again, like. You know, you'd always hear, oh, Luba's coming out of the vault for a limited yeah. time, and then they would tuck it back in and release it five years later. Like, it's a, it's a business practice that Disney and Nintendo do quite a lot. And, I mm-hmm. mean, like, t- ten years ago, they did sort of the same or similar thing anyways with the Super Mario All-Stars on, on the Wii. Like, they, they came up with, like, a beautiful package for the 25th anniversary, and, you know, that was available for, like, a, a nebulous limited time, and that was it. And I didn't hear anybody complaining about that, and they didn't, they weren't warned ahead of time how long it was going to be available either. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's the games included haven't been available for a while or something. I don't know what's changed this time, but yeah, was that, I don't was know. That... It's, it, like, it's not like EB doesn't have extra copies left on the shelves today that you could go buy. Like, it's I mean, there's going to be physical copies kicking around still. Like, I don't know. Was, yeah. that, was that only released for a limited time? I can't. Oh, yeah. 25th uh, anniversary, blah, blah, blah. We on Japan. Uh, blah, 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 blah. It was a it was a whole fancy release. Like it was like I I grabbed it at the time. It's um had like a soundtrack CD and like an art book. Well, you know, I don't think I think the pretty thick I think package. the difference with that is that they didn't um like they didn't they didn't make they didn't like limit that to a year, right? Like that came out and that was just like like Nintendo like just like let it be available, like despite the fact that it like sold out really fast and it was probably like it probably was really hard to find after a while, like. You know, yeah. just because they didn't they didn't expressly say we're only making this available for a limited time, you know, nobody nobody lost their shit about it because they they believed that they, they could get it eventually. And that arguably had good games on it, unlike this more recent. Yeah, you shut game. your dirty <laughs> mouth. Mario sixty four is still good. I will con- I will you know what I will concede that uh I, I was probably more genu ge- like more generous to uh, Sunshine than I should have been. Like I was, you know, I was a guy who was always like, "No, oh, Sunshine's Sunshine's really good." People just people just bash it because like whatever. Like, but then I, I even just like recently I was playing it, um, and I was <laughs> it was so frustrating. But I was like, yeah, no, I think people were right. I'm the one who. Uh, who was being too nice to it. I, and the thing that I don't, that I really, really don't understand is how people say that the, the parts where you don't have flood are like the better parts of sunshine. Like those are the most frustrating bullshit parts of the whole game. Well, yeah. Cause the game's designed. Exactly. Like it's so bad. Like, it's just, and yeah, the controls are just so gross and you know, but you know what? I think, I think a lot of it too, especially on the the switch version um is like is lost because so much of that game was designed with the gamecube controller in mind and it didn't translate to the switch controllers even like the pro controller yeah like Mm -hmm. 
same with same with Galaxy to an extent too. Yeah, but I, you know, but I've I've always thought that Galaxy yeah. was a bit of a like like lower tier uh, Mario game. That's just me though. I always like Galaxy, but I, I do understand people's problems with it, and I more attribute my liking to that game to me being strange than it being. A it's good it's game. not a bad game. It's just sort of like a it's it's a forgettable game. I think. I think yeah. at least yeah, two was two was a big. Oh yeah, two was a well, huge so. improvement, but it's still like, it doesn't really it doesn't really fix the fundamental problems of actually no what no it kind of does. It's a it is a, it is a lot more linear in structure. It doesn't try to be like like these like a like a big open world thing. It knows what it I, th- I think it knows more what it wants to be than uh, Galaxy One did. But you know, it's the whole thing. I mean, like this it's just it's so it's it's so stupid. It just made it made me so mad. You know, this whole the whole like hyperbole around it. I mean, I get it. People, you know, people want to have clicks and people want to have like content to put out on a day like this. But like, come on, guys, let's let's do better. Like. You know, if you and the thing, the thing that I find stupid is just like it's just like it's not like these games are like really unavailable. Like the Wii U store is still like operational. You can still get like sixty four and Galaxy. Okay, you can't get Sunshine on it, but you know that's the one everyone hates. So who cares? If a gamer wants to get any of these games, they can find and like, it. They're accessible. Like yeah. arguably, like the the thing to be like, kind, yeah, I guess the thing to be kind of upset about, you know, is is the shutting down of Mario Thirty Five because it was a lot of fun. But again, like this was supposed to be like a little like one time event. Like, you know, can we just enjoy yeah. it for for what it was? And you know, what do I call it a Mario Party? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would not be surprised to see any of these things come back. Like, part of me expects the all-star games to come back in like individually on the e-store or something yeah probably and, like, mario 35 could easily come back for like another stint at some point well we gotta see what happens but, like that, that one kind of ran the risk of being stale too right like you know everyone goes through and has their amount of fun with it proportionate to their love of mario and then that original game but then like what's it's it's, it's not like tetris which is a bit more universal with like tetris 99 yeah, mm-hmm. yeah no um and I mean, I, it, we, we got to wait and see too, because like you know, one of the things that, I, that, that like that so many people were complaining about too, like back in February, was the whole like, oh, this is Zelda's thirty fifth anniversary too. Why isn't Nintendo doing anything about Zelda? It's like maybe that maybe because they were doing the the Mario thing first, and now that that's out of the way, they're gonna do some Zelda shit. Like, you know, they could focus a whole year on Zelda now. Like, I don't know. What would you what would you want to see out of a thirty five of thirty five anniversary for for Legend of Zelda? I think um, that's that's, that's tough, yeah. right? Because Mario's a little more universal, right? <laughs> Zelda the Zelda games were each their own thing; they're a lot more independent. So that would be a, a interesting. I mean, I could I could be like every simp out there who's just like, oh, give us a collection pack and blah blah blah. But they all want the like the terrible Zeldas to be in a collection. You know, they want like Ocarina of Time and Twilight Princess. And I mean, they got Skyward Sword, but they weren't happy about it. Um, I think I think I would want to see something like, yeah, like, you know, the way they did with Mario 35, like some kind of like unique take on like Zelda. Like mixing up the different screens in a dungeon and stuff. Yeah, like, that. like maybe like being able to screw on with other people or even like, I don't know, like, yeah, like building. I remember I, I remember I, I, I actually joked 
like a while ago after breath of the wild one came out that like a, a battle royale like breath of the wild could be a very interesting prospect but i don't know how that would even work yeah. um breath of the <laughs> exactly oh my god it's paragliding i started yeah. playing fortnite again <laughs> i just like i just jumped into it the other day because i wanted to see like the like the like the improvements that they made with the latest patch and i didn't know that that game starts up now when you when you load it up with this like giant masturbatory cutscene where they're like like that the, the, you know that main like default character is like running through this battlefield and like he's being attacked on all sides by like the xenomorph and the predator shows up and you know kratos is there and it's just like all the, the master chief oh, is there the, um, like i was like that, that was the big season of uh Sinai yeah it was like i was like, I was like every time this is the biggest like self-pleasuring cutscene I've ever watched in my entire life. Like it's Ready Player One. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, that's it. As much as Ready Player One I, I, was a giant. I also booted it up uh for the season change and uh I played two rounds, my fourth and fifth games ever, and I won the like my my first match ever, and I felt really bad because I felt like I was just beating the crap out of kids or something yeah, you, you were too easy you were. like <laughs> well it probably was but, but then like, again <laughs> th that's the thing too right is that there's that whole thing where it doesn't doesn't the game now it like fills the it'll fill slots with like pcs or ai oh, like really? yeah so like because a lot of people were saying that they, they, they were like getting into games and like it's been like super easy and they don't they don't know because the game doesn't tell you right so like they don't know if they're just like bullying kids or like just taking on these like bullcrap easy uh ai bots like well i mean like i was i was thinking like okay i've been playing destiny well i haven't played for a little bit but like i can't i'm coming off of destiny pvp and i'm just murking these other players i'm like do these kids just not know how to play like am i is this un, is this unfair like they're like they're not finishing me off when i when i get knocked down or whatever and like uh, i don't, I don't yeah. know if, if it's bots, it might be bots either. maybe they're not programmed to just to just were they dabbing on you after they after they kill yeah no. they're bots <laughs> i should have known yeah. there's no dancers if they're, if they're not if they're not teabagging you immediately after downing you then yeah they're just bots <laughs> was it was it fortnite or was it PUBG that ended up having like a really uh really predatory matchmaking schedule where it would put you with really easy people and then just like crank up the difficulty to make you spend money well, that, or whatever. no that was that was um that was activision um they oh, they, yeah, they and, and supposedly correct. they never implemented it you know but like what they did was they they patented the idea of like a of, of an algorithm that would do that that would like it would it would see like what if you were looking at the like the store you know if you were like browsing like looking at an item specifically it would like start matching you with people who were like really high rank who had that item to like so that they would just mm. just dominate you and the whole like psychological scam was that you'd look at it and be like well they had that item i wanted and they were just murdering me so like maybe if i buy the item i'll be good at the game yeah that's the kind of you know scummy thing that activision would do that's so evil and also really intelligent I mean, pubg pubg really were the guys who tried to uh who tried to patent the the term winner winner chicken dinner and also tried to patent frying pans in general what 
the yeah because one of their like main armor sets and like weapons was like a a frying pan and they were trying to argue that like the frying pan was this like this like iconic like weapon from their game and like they were just trying to yeah they were trying to patent the idea of having a frying pan in a video game Meanwhile, there's Disney with Rapunzel. Yeah. Like, no, they're, they're, they're all... And well, every other manufacturer. They're a whole other stupid group of guys, too. Well, like, there was a thing with the frying pan. When it when it first released, I think the, the frying pan had, like, some weird hit detection where it was... where it would deflect bullets while it was equipped, but it was only over your butt. So it was... It was a thing within the community, but that's still possibly yeah, the no. dumbest thing to try and copyright they, they, they went hard into like panic mode when uh when fortnite was getting really popular and they were trying to like they were trying to like because i think i think that was at the same time too like fortnite put like a frying pan in their game or something and like they were trying to sue that like epic for it i can't remember it was a whole stupid thing um they tried to sue epic and they yeah, lost no. as I it was, yeah no, it was it was a it was a bad look Especially, be, yeah, and it, it, especially too, Epic because Epic even like yeah. said that they were like inspired by PUBG because they really liked it, like to make their own um, like battle royale game, right? But it's like even like PUBG, like the like the guys who made PUBG, like they they didn't really have a legal like to stand on in the first place because they were like you know they were like claiming all this plagiarism on Epic's part. It's like meanwhile PUBG started as like a mod for like DayZ or something. So it's like not only is it, it's like your game is running off the base of like someone else's game. It's like how are you going to sit here and, and talk about like plagiarism and who stole from who? Genshin Impact, anybody? Yeah, man. All the all the waifu <laughs> Breath of the Wild you Breath you could possibly ever want. Well, yeah, that's a perfect way to circle back to Zelda. So um, yeah, I don't know. I think um. I think if I, if I could have my way, like, yeah, like some kind of like collector's pack that maybe had like Majora's Mask and like Wind Waker in it, and I'd be and like Link to the Past mm-hmm. or like not even Link to the Past, maybe like Link Between Worlds. That was a, uh, as much as I love Link to the Past, Link, to the, Link Between Worlds is so much better. Um, you know, I was I was actually thinking about those two games the other day and trying to figure out which one I like oh, more. Yeah, because no. they're, they're both fantastic. Link between worlds because like it 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 like it's it's like it works off the foundation of like arguably one of the best Zeldas like ever, but it adds such a unique like like mode of uh, like perception and like movement to it that like just just gives it so much more depth than the original had. Plus, it's just, yeah. it's it's just a lot more fun too. Like the way that they like integrate a lot of like the like the classic like sound effects and like music and stuff into it. Like it just feels so much more fresh that way. Oh, it it is like Link Between Worlds is the definition of fan oh, yeah. service um, without all the porny stuff. <laughs> um, as someone who plays a link to the a link to the past every year. That game knows what it's doing and does it oh, perfectly. Yeah. No, but I, but I, but I still, I still maintain that uh, Majora's Mask is the best Zelda ever made. I don't. You might be right. I actually never <laughs> I was, played Majora's I was, Mask. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if you were just like cringing there for a second, like, "Oh, this son of a bitch." <laughs> so wrong. There, there's a wind up I sense there. Yeah. No, my if I my list. I don't know if I've if I if I've said it on the show. My list of like top top five best Zeldas. This, is, this isn't like this isn't personal preference. This is objective. Okay. It's mostly objective. 
somewhat subjective. <laughs> <Mostly>. Okay, we, <laughs> we got, got the science. Majora's Mask in the number one slot. Okay, that's the best. It just does everything right. It's it's so much more interesting than any other Zelda that's ever been made. Like the the fact that the that the game is is built around the masks makes it so that the dungeons feel more unique because you're not just going into a dungeon, getting halfway through it with an item and then beating the other half and the boss with it. Like you actually like, you know, use the a combination of items and masks and the items and the masks are actually more useful for like exploring the world, which is what Zelda's supposed to be about. Um, you know, the atmosphere is great. The town, like the, the city is great. Like everything about it is just great. Um, second place is Wind Waker, without a doubt. Again, like great world, great sense of style. Combat is the best it's ever been in a Zelda. You know, just just a lot of fun. It's got a look that so it never, ever ages badly. Um, number three, I would say is probably A Link to the Past. Um, that's like, again, like that's like the definitive Zelda, right? Number four. So Zelda is again. Yeah, pretty much, right? Like that's that's the one. If you're gonna start, if you're gonna start on a Zelda, you gotta start with Link to the Past. Number four is gonna be Breath of the Wild. Um, like not it's not perfect, I know. Like it has it does have flaws, but it's so like different from what Zelda has ever been that like it just feels like so much better than Zelda has ever been. Um well, I mean, in terms of like stacking it up to like, you know, you have those like the, the traditional like quote unquote like formulaic Zeldas and then you have Breath of the Wild. Like, and the, you know, I knew I I could, I, I knew, I knew it deserved like a, a really like high spot on the list just because like even, even like what was, what was it? Like the start of this year or, or maybe like even this, like kind of like the start of last year, I like went back and replayed it. Like I just deleted my file and started over from the beginning and like, even when you play it a second time, like it still feels like brand new, you know, like, and not, and not just because it's like enough, not, not because, you know, I, I remember I was, I was, I was talking to someone about this and they were saying like, well, yeah, it's like, it's, it's such a huge game, you know, like obviously you, you forget where everything is. And it's like, no, it's like, it's not even that you forget where everything is it's just like, it's just like jumping into it a second time. Like it's, it's, it's not like you, you don't experience that thing when you play games a second time that you like, you kind of like, you know, you've already experienced it for the first time and it doesn't feel like, like, you know, fresh or exciting again. Like you can't experience it for the first time ever again. Like playing Zelda Breath of the Wild a, a, the second time, like feels like the first time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, feels like the first time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, <laughs> I get you. And then number five. For, you know, for my money, I got to say Link's Awakening. Or you know what? Link's Awakening yeah. or Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages. I was going to be mad at Link's Awakening. No, you know, because it, it's, for me, for me, it's it's hard because it's, it's, it's hard to it's hard to choose between the two because they're so both so good. And I think like out of all the Zeldas, like I, Link's Awakening was actually my first Zelda ever. Like when I was a little when I was a little kid, I kind of played the original on the NES, but I like I didn't really get it like so the first time i ever played a zelda and i got it and i actually like sat down and beat it on my own was link's awakening um and like oracle seasons and oracle of ages is like very very similar to link's awakening but it's like it is. Yeah, but they just they're they just do so much more and they're so interesting like 
they're so well built for for Game Boy Color games. Like it's it's so hard to believe that they are like that such a such a huge game could exist on such a small console. Like, and Capcom made those fucking. Well, games. it's crazy because those are yeah, like games. who knew Capcom could make such a such a solid Zelda. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's the thing. So like you know some some people some people might be might might be shocked that like Ocarina of Time doesn't even make it on the list. But you know what? Ocarina of Time is one of my bottom tier Zeldas. Like it is not that good of a game. It was influential. It was influential. Time, like, yes. Like, the, ground, the ground it broke, but absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 I will contest. Like I will say, you know, until the cows come home that, yeah, like for, for at the time, like there was nothing else like it, but going back to it, like it's, it's, really not that good and considering that that majora's mask came out like two years after it like you know it doesn't really have an excuse to be as as sort of like toothless as it is i think that the the big thing that ocarina of time i think what you can say about ocarina of time is um it is possibly one of the most important zelda games though not necessarily the best (laughs) yeah i agree that's a good way to put it um, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, honestly, I, I didn't have a Nintendo 64, so I never, or I only played Ocarina, Ocarina of Time when it came out on the, the 3DS, and, and um, I still haven't played Majora's Mask, which I need to remedy at some point in my life, or I will come back and haunt <laughs> something, I'm sure. Your spirit um, will be bound to a cartridge like, of Majora's Mask. Yeah, sounds appropriate. <laughs> been drowned or something <laughs> but um like i i started playing legend of zelda from the beginning i played the first legend of zelda and um uh, i i do love uh zelda 2 the adventure it's underrated man it's um, so underrated it's it does things that not a lot of other games that, that a lot of other games could hmm, let me start that over because that's a that's a mistake um it tried to innovate in some really interesting ways um, that I enjoyed, and I've also realized about myself that I have a habit of liking the weird sequels of games. Like I like Zelda Two, I like Simon's Quest, I like yeah, Mario you know Two. I would probably like Majora's oh, yeah, Mask. No. I was, was going to say too. Like Simon's Quest is another one. I know everyone hates on it because you know it's like the the, the kind of game it was back in the day. Like you know it, it was a walkthrough game. You you know. When I, when I played Simon's Quest for the very first time when I got it on my on my Wii, like, that was the thing. I went into it with a guide, and, like, I had a lot of fun playing it because, yeah, like, you, you it's one of those things you need a map going into it. Like, if they, it, it, you know, and, uh, yeah, and, like, the Link, Link, the Adventures of Link, same thing. Like, it's just, like, if you have a walkthrough to go through it, like, once you get your hand around, your, your head around the combat, like, it's, it's so much fun. <laughs> like, it really is. That was one I had as a kid, too. Like, I had Zelda one and two, and I kind of liked to, to to mess around, and and I had Simon's Quest, and I had no idea what the hell I was doing, but I just had fun wandering yeah. around. Kind of the same thing, kind of the same thing with with Link's Awakening. Like I I got stuck in the second dungeon, and I never progressed past it at that time. But I would I explored every corner of the map I could at the time, and I, I had a blast doing it. So, well, and I think that uh, really has to do with how we play games, not only uh, in like the internet age. Uh, but also as, as adults, yeah, yeah. Um, might not like to uh, to accept that. But being a grown up that plays a video game is a bit 
different of an experience, like with uh, Simon's Quest, especially, and, and uh, Adventures of Lake, then that's what Chris was talking about earlier when we were talking about um, April Fool stuff. That was the uh, the schoolyard, like, hey, I heard if you kneel here for three seconds, a, a whirlwind shows up and it takes Simon to the next yeah, castle. Like, no, that's the next, not true. Next dungeon. <laughs> No, that's that's dumb. No, his uncle works at Nintendo. He told me so. The classic. Uh, you know, it's very much about this entire experience. It's not just like you and the screen and the internet. It's about like what your friends are talking about and, and how you interact with other people. But I will stop before I get more pretentious than <laughs> well, I need you know to. What? Uh, I, I, I'll I'll amend what I said earlier when I when I when you asked me what I wanted from from a a Zelda 35th anniversary. You know what I would love? A, a remake or a sequel to Adventures of Link. I want a combat-focused, side-scrolling Zelda again. That would be awesome. That'd be fantastic. And like, so build it off of like Breath the like the build wild. it off of like the like the engine that Smash Bros uses for like Link's like attacks and stuff. Yeah, you yeah. could use a fighting game. Oh, yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Uh, but um. No, I think that that would be a great idea, and I think that there is precedence at Nintendo to do that. Like Breath of the Wild is Zelda one in a lot yeah. of ways. Like it's just a big open world. You don't know what you're doing. Here, the old man gave you a sword and said, "Good luck." You could run to the end if you really can't really go fight Ganon right off the bat in Zelda one. Um, yeah, no, you know, theoretically, you could. you could after a minute. Yeah. After after you 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 get a few more hearts, I think is what limits you from being don't, don't, able don't need, to open. Don't you Death need to, don't you need the Triforce? Or you, don't you need an item to get you through? Like there's there's because there's a way that it like loops you around. Don't you need like an uh, like a special item to actually like get through it? To beat Death Mountain, um, you you not only need a whole bunch of hearts because everything hits like a truck plus uh, some better yeah. armor. You need, um, you definitely need the silver arrows. What else? There might be something else you need, but you can at least find it fairly early on. Um, but yeah, the, the Breath of the Wild is is that idea brought to a modern game. I could, I would love to see them do that with um, Zelda Two: The Adventure of Me too. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> well. Let's uh let's move on from that then. Uh, we got um I know I know I know Chris Chris might be eager to talk about this. We got uh, a, a little cast reveal for the Obi Wan prequel or I guess sequel origin story movie Disney Plus thing. <laughs> it's a it's a pre sequel I think. Is pre the, uh, yeah, I guess because it's technically a sequel to Episode uh, Five, right, or Episode Four. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's ten years between uh, three and four, and uh, yeah, it is it, it is kind of uh, interesting to see this casting news because they uh, they have cast Joel Edgerton and Bonnie Pice, I, I believe I'm saying her name correctly, uh, as uh, as their roles from the prequels. They're to come back as as Uncle Owen and Aunt Oh, Peru. nice. Uh, so that's that's kind of neat to see. Like Joel Edgerton has been saying for you know years, like since this since this project was first teased that he would love to come back and do it. And, you know, to have the continuity is, is really nice to see. But then they also confirm, um, like, cause I, I didn't, I wasn't aware of this until I read your article that they confirmed, um, 
Hayden Christensen was also going to be in it as I guess he was I guess as Darth Vader or as like a ghost. Well, I'm not. Yeah, they, they haven't said out how it's going to work, but back in I think it was December at the big Disney Plus event, they yeah they they confirmed that Hayden was coming back as Darth Vader is as, as how they said it. Um, so what form that's going to take, who knows? It could be just visions and stuff, or it could be yeah. I couldn't imagine there are, there are there are there are some tinfoil fe- theories about how they might cross paths and not have it like contradict everything maybe yeah it's like the ghost of uh, or like the memory of anakin is like haunting obi-wan i just kind of hope that we at some point see hayden in like that half vader half anakin state like you know when when his, when his helmet comes off in, in empire and you you see like the back of his, of his head and all that i want to see hayden in that somehow that'd be that'd be my yeah. dream it just there. it just it's just like it seems weird to me that you think you would that like to cast to, to cast Hayden Christensen in this movie or in the show and like have him play like, you know, the like pre pre Clone Wars or I guess pre like fall um, Darth Vader where it's going to be a lot, you know, it's obviously going to be like a stuntman in a, in a suit and a, and a lot more like special effect work like to bring him on for that. And and, and, and again, like I, I couldn't imagine that they weren't going to get. um um uh uh uh, uh oh frig no oh my god i can't believe i just forgot his name <laughs> um <laughs> goddamn mufasa <laughs> oh james, james Earl Jones. Jones. i don't know why i just blanked on that <laughs> also known as goddamn mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> and this is cnn um <laughs> You know, yeah I'll, I'll i'll be curious if, if he comes back because when he was in rogue one there was a lot of talk about how he sounds a lot older because you know it's been a long yeah. time yeah man is in his late 80s at this point i think like he's gonna he's gonna he's not gonna sound spry i mean he still he still sounded pretty um, good i mean it's not like he, he did he didn't sound like darth vader he sounded better as right. Mufasa in, in the remake of lion king than he did as darth vader but you know the darth vader part was a lot smaller too i don't know it's it, like he, it, uh, no one's gonna complain if he's there. Yeah. Ultimately, but uh, you know how long it took me. That, that, that's a good point, though, to bring him back into you know over, overdub his voice and have a stunt guy in his suit all the time. Like, why even have him? Exactly. Like, <laughs> it, I think I think it would work better for maybe like the the, sh- the like what the show. Because I mean, like, how do you, how do you make a show about Obi Wan hiding in a cave for ten years? <laughs> well, and it's a lot of hobbies. Yeah, he's he's really decrossed. Yeah, I mean, with, and yeah. It, without without having him like you know obviously be like tortured by the the memory of Anakin. I, I and and again, there's there's theories out there that he might you know leave Tatooine for a while and you know and, and anything's possible or at least more is possible than I think the original concepts. Suggests. Maybe 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 we find out how he and, dies. I mean, then again, uh, people would probably watch Ian McGregor sit in the desert for eight episodes. Because so wasn't wasn't isn't, wasn't that the that theory way. too in uh, in in uh, A New Hope that like when when uh, when Vader hits him with the lightsaber, the reason his cloak just falls to the ground is that because he was always a Force ghost like the whole time. Oh, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of moments and a new hope that contradict that. Theory. I just, that's, that's the theory yeah. I heard. I mean, I, I'm sure you could just probably, obviously you could chalk it up to like, you know, the, like, you know, they had to, they had to, they had to cut corners somewhere with the special effects work. Um, and that was it. But 
George Lucas was not that. Uh, Granted, like, they, they, they made the lightsaber look really good back mm. even in in the you know in the original seventies version. So it's not like they couldn't have made it like just had him like get like sliced with a with a lightsaber. But I thought the whole that was the whole theory that fans said that that's why he his cloak just like falls to the ground because like and then Vader like is like kicking his cloak like what happened to this guy like like that he was always a force ghost. You know, I've never heard that, but that is not like well explained in that. I'm sure someone has proposed that theory at some point. Um, but like, yeah, that's weird. Because I don't know. I don't know if that, if, <laughs> to which George Lucas would probably say, "Ah, oh, no, he's just, he's just dead." Because I thought that was the Vader whole thing. Was like why dead. he was saying, "If you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than like, you could possibly imagine." Because it's like he knew he was already like he like like Obi Wan already knew that he was like dead, right? Like he knew he was a Force ghost. So like Luke seeing like Vader cut him down is what like kind of like unlocks that ability in him like you know like gohan going super saiyan 2 <laughs> when you start tying dragon ball z into it i think the credibility of the theory starts uh, i think i beg to differ i think if, if anything it only makes it stronger <laughs> oh is it getting stronger because i am defeating the theory so it's, it's getting, getting stronger because i'm powering yeah. up my, my power <laughs> levels are going up that's right. That's right. That's, it's it's, it's, it's a for fan theory to improve. I'm charging up. <laughs> oh man! But that wasn't the only act, uh, casting news to come out this week. They announced a whole slate of actors, uh, including this is surprising but also fitting uh, Kumail Nanjiani. Oh yeah, yeah Kumail uh, from Silicon Valley, and he's going to be in the upcoming Marvel's Eternals. He's uh, also, you know, I I wouldn't have, I like I wouldn't have fan casted him or whatever but uh i'm curious to see what kind of character he's gonna play well he got like i believe the scientific term for it is hella i think it's also acceptable yeah so i'll be, I'll be excited about that too he was also prismo in adventure time lesser one of his lesser known was he, he's all over the place he used to have a video game podcast. Did he? Oh, yeah, he did. A little Easter egg. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I didn't him know. and his wife. Yeah, it was uh, the Endor Kids. It was him and his wife. It was yeah, adorable. that's. I, I remember reading about that when I was like, uh, again, I was looking into him when when uh, when I was watching Adventure Time, and I was like, who is this guy? There's there's another uh, video game connection that I, I discovered when I was writing this. Uh, he was in Mass Effect, Mass Effect Andromeda as one of the uh, the uh, He's director Tan. He's like the guy in charge of the base. Um, and his voice is so distinctive, I picked it up right away. But right. Uh, also in that game is another Kenobi castmate announced this week, Indira Varma, who played uh, Pedro Pascal's wife on Game of Thrones and was also in Rome before that. Uh, so she's, and she's also in Andromeda as like two really cool, popular characters, Sloane and, and the Moshe. So that was a little... Uh, the Easter egg I discovered while writing. This. Well, you know, it's, all, it's, it's also funny because we we mentioned it briefly before, but I'm fairly certain he was also a character in um, the Walking Dead game in Chapter Two. Mm. He, I think so. Yeah, it was in Season Two. He was in. Uh, he was the guy that. Uh, he like he he runs the the greenhouse or something, and and I don't know. I don't know if it's avoidable, but in my game, uh, he got thrown off a building. Because he effed up something, and the guy—it's like he's like the Negan surrogate in that game. When you go in the season two, it's like you're—he's in like a little like like a 
like an outlet mall or something. Wait, Kumail plays a, a Negan No, he type? plays the guy who gets thrown off a building. No, gets... Oh, by the Negan yeah. <laughs> That sounds more that sounds more on brand for it was, him. It made me sad because he he showed up and I was like, oh, it's, it's him. I know it's Kumail. And then all of a sudden, it was like literally like 10, like not even 10 minutes later, he's dead. <laughs> and I was like, was this avoidable? <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah. Uh, there's there, there's there's been a lot of uh like comedic talent used in Star Wars recently, like on The Mandalorian. Like you had Brian Posehn and uh, mm. Bill Burr for all intents and purposes was also involved, and they've they've made good use of of, of these comedians. So I'm kind of curious to see how he'll fit the tone. Um, there's also I, if if anyone's a fan of the Fast and Furious movies, Han is uh on the cast as well. I haven't kept up with them at all, but uh, I'm sure that excites somebody. Sung Kang is the actor's name. As well as O'Shea Jackson Jr., who played Ice Cube and Straight Outta Compton, and uh, yeah, it's shaping up to be an interesting yeah. cast. Well, you know what? I think uh, they're doing a really good job with these, um, like with the shows. You know, like I didn't, I honestly didn't, didn't really believe I would get into the Mandalorian as much as I did. Like, you know, everyone was talking about it, and I thought maybe it was getting like way overhyped. Um, but then I sat down and watched it, and I was like, you know what? Like, no, like these, guys, everyone was right. This show is really damn good. Like. And I've heard nothing but nothing but oh, yeah. great things about the uh, about the second season, um, you know. And it's it's just funny. It's funny to me because, like, again, like you know, everyone everyone talks about like Boba Fett, like he's this like epic character. And for the longest time, I was like, no, he's such a goober. Like, he is the worst character ever. Everyone made him this like this badass by virtue of him having a cool like outfit and a kind of cool ship, like. But like, what does he do when he's actually in the movie? He is apparently such a bad bounty hunter that Vader has to single him out and tell him to bring back Han Solo alive. And like, then he gets knocked into the damn Sarlacc pit by a blind Han Solo in a in a goddamn Marx Brothers routine. I was like, why is this dude so cool? And then apparently, like, like everyone was saying, like, like somehow the writers on the Mandalorian found a way to make Boba Fett an absolute badass. <laughs> And now he's getting his own show. Well, like, so Boba Fett is like the triumph of marketing. Like, because like you said, he doesn't do anything in the movies. In fact, I was, um, when Mandalorian was getting really popular, I was talking to people who were enjoying it. And I was like, hey, are you a big Star Wars fan? Do you like all the extended universe or anything like that? And they'd be like, no. no. So what do you know about Boba Fett? And they'd just be like, not much not much at all because like he's a big deal in the extended universe he does some cool stuff but in the movies he follows the guy and is like that's him get him other guy (laughs) and falls in a pit well and in empire because i i just rewatched this to review it on my on my star wars podcast so it's fresh in my mind but um he like he mouse off to vader a little bit like he's the first one to kind of talk back to vader it's, it's not like he's telling him to, you know, go screw himself or something, but he's still saying, like, he's still the one to talk back to him, and he's kind of canny, I guess, compared to, like, some of the inept Imperials. I don't know. It's a combination of toy sales. He's better than a stormtrooper. Who f- <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not even is- the best bounty hunter in that movie no <laughs> oh, i was gonna say was it was it ig88 in that in that lineup 
Yeah, IG-88, Bosk, uh, Boba, and and Dengar, and the worst is Dengar, and the second worst is Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Goddamn fanboys. Uh, but uh, w- watch season two because they they use the, the the raw power of Tamura Morrison to make Boba Fett. Yeah, that's cool. what that's what I heard. Yeah, they, it's good. It's real good, and it's more like samurai western porn. Um, like there, so there's an episode in the first season that's just the seven samurai and it's beautiful and wonderful. <laughs> uh, there's an episode in season two that I think is just, is it, is it hidden castle? It's another very famous samurai movie and it's still done wonderfully. And I think that's the episode with Ahsoka in it. Oh yeah. Um, which has like just the best, I want to be Akira Kurosawa, um, shot composition and if Toshiro Mifune were alive today he would absolutely be in the Mandalorian that was a that was a Dave Filoni episode so that explains uh mm. to know there. <laughs> yeah um yeah so there's that uh do we want do we want to talk about the stupid Niantic glasses or should we just move past it because we're uh we're almost an hour in here Call the shot. I'm you know what? Let's let's move past it. I think that it's dumb news anyway. I want to talk a little bit about Monster Hunter Rise. Because um, I've been playing the hell out of that game. And oh my god. Like, you know, you know, Chris, I know, I know you weren't sold by the demo. <laughs> but I got to tell you, the demo did not do this full game justice. Like... I believe I said at the time that it might not have done it justice, though I wasn't sold on. Like, but, uh, you know, it, it really is. Like, I, I'm, I, I'm actually kind of shocked by like how different the like, like, like the, the, the main game feels compared to like how the demo was. Granted, the demo is a was a very like, uh, it's it is kind of the problem with um, with uh, you know, Monster Hunter demos is that like they're very like specific experiences. You know what I mean? Because like, you, well, that's a game that's not going to demo. Well, well, you know, but like uh, in, in a lot, yeah, like in a lot of games where like you know, like a demo will sort of like either like give you everything right off the bat, and then like you know when you jump into the game, it's like it feels like disparate because you don't have all these like cool items that were in the demo, um, or like a game that just sort of gives you like yeah, like a, a demo that gives you just sort of like the first like level of a game, like. Monster Hunter was really weird, especially Rise, because like it, it doesn't let you like it, you know you can't really like gauge the game itself because you're going up against these like sort of higher tier monsters, but you have like very specific, very restrictive armor and weapon sets. So it's a lot different when you actually jump into the main game and play it and you can actually like, you know, you're going up against monsters that are sort of like ranked to you better and your armor and weapon sort of match it better. Um, But like, holy crap, this might actually be, I don't know, maybe I'm off base here, but this might be the best Monster Hunter, like, of all time. Um, it's certainly become my favorite, and, like, I really, really loved World. Um, this one, like, is next level. Like, not only does it feel so much like Monster Hunter World, like, it, it, it still maintains a lot of the quality of life improvements that Monster Hunter World introduced. It, like it stays true to a lot of like the more like Nintendo specific monster hunters, like with the um, like it brings back like generations uh, like switch skills. um, And like, 
the biggest the the, the big big imp, like are like addition to it like with the with the the wire bugs like when you really when you really start using them, I don't know why maybe it just it felt weird and different in the demo but like when you kind of start when you really like play it and I, maybe like it's different now because I've I've like really like you know attuned myself with these things like the the speed and the fluidity of combat is just something that's just like never really it's never felt like it's been in monster like in monster hunter monster hunter has always felt like a very um like methodical game like almost almost like i'd almost compare it to like dark souls in that way where it's like it's it's got speed but it's just like it, it it's not hard to die very easily like this this kind of feels more like Bloodborne, where it's like a lot more focused on like keeping you in the fight and like and prioritizing like attacking and 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 moving around like very fluidly. And like, oh man, I just I can't get enough of it, honestly. And it looks great too. Like I'm like I'm oh I, I'm never like not impressed when I when I boot it up, even when I'm playing it like in handheld mode. Like how good the game looks you know for for a console like it's it's one of those things that genuinely blows my mind when i see some of these like bullshit um ports that end up on switch and they just they look bad or they run really bad and then i boot up like a game like monster hunter rise and i'm like i'm just like why can't people figure it out like the switch is capable of so much if you just know how to like program for it That's the trick right there, isn't it? It's the yeah, it's it really it, it really is. Like, even, even if you're if you're gonna freaking port something to the switch, like at least just make sure it f- works. Like, Jesus Christ, this it, 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 yeah. it should, it's it's like this feels like programming one hundred and one over here. Like, <laughs> look, it can run Crisis exactly. So do anything. <laughs> it can run Doom too. Yeah, it's. it's Everything can run no, like Doom, like uh, Eternal and shit. And that's what I mean. Like, bad to say. You know what? And 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 and, and I and I I defy anyone who who says that like Doom 2016 is like bad on the Switch. I played that game from start to finish on Switch, and I loved every minute of it. Like, it never felt slow. No, you can get a lot of good work out of out of the Switch. Um, I do feel like. Honestly, I feel like moving to a Super Switch or whatever this next iteration of Switch that Nintendo is going for feels like it's selling the regular Switch a little short. I feel like there's still a lot more that you can you can tap into on that console. You know, in I, I, I'm inclined to agree, but at the same time, like you know, there there were certain things like even about the first iteration of the Switch that I felt was like like kind of lacking. Like I don't know, I felt I felt like they probably could have like utilized some some stronger tech inside of it just because when you looked at when you looked at the kind of like gaming laptops that existed when the switch like came out like building a a powerful compact device like wasn't something that was this like this like like herculean task or you know like this this fantasy that would never exist like the, the 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 technology was there to do it like so i you know i don't know why they 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 went with something like you know just like a custom tegra chip or uh, our processor, like when they could have probably utilized something a little bit stronger, like a stronger battery, maybe like. It's not really their MO to do that, though. Like they're not, they've never been the ones to just throw tech at it and 
No, but they're all about the blue ocean. No, but again, like you know, if, if the tech was there, at least you know, like it, you know, it could be it could be utilized, right? Like I'm not saying that like you know Nintendo was ever going to prioritize technology over like innovation and and gameplay and stuff, but like to have it at the very least especially especially when when you look at the switch now and how it just be basically kind of like just became a port machine like and yet so many of these ports can barely run on the thing like well it, it kind of comes back to monster hunter here like is, is that is that systematic of the hardware or is that systematic of the developers like are they just not trying uh you know what i it might it might be it might be a, a case of both you know like Again, like you know, you look at look at a game like uh, something like even like Fortnite on the Switch, right? Like it it runs really well, you know, but there's such a clear like visual disparity between like the like the other console versions and the Switch version, right? Or even like even like um like Apex Legends, you know, recently, right? Like nobody nobody in their right minds is going to want to play Apex Legends on the Switch, and I appreciate that, you know, that they that they brought it over. But like it is, it is so clearly an inferior product. Like, and I don't, I don't believe in that case. It, it was, it was through a lack of trying, right? Like, it was just like we want to put this game on this system, but this, but the technology that the system has, like, isn't, isn't really there for this game to run like it would run on other consoles. Mm-hmm. And and you know, and kudos, you know, you have really good, really good developing uh, development companies like Panic Button who know how to like work around certain things so they can make a game like Doom run really well on the Switch. But you know, it's still like they still have to, you know, they still have to do a lot of like, you know, like technological wizardry to make something like Doom run as well as it does, right? Like. You know, but you know, kudos to the obviously to the to the devs at, at Capcom, right? They knew exactly what they were doing with 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 Monster Hunter, yeah. Because yeah, like it's not the most it's not the most um, graphically fallacious game. Like you, you know, if you stack if you stacked it up beside um, Monster Hunter World, like obviously, like you know, the difference is night and day. But the game plays so well that it's like you're not really going to notice it too, too much. And and, and even the still, like, the mm. game is still like, Rise still looks really good. Like the environments are all really like interesting and, 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 uh, and populated. It's not like they look like they, like there's nothing in them. Like, especially, especially with, with how they prioritize this like freedom of movement and this ability to actually like, just like get around every little like nook and cranny of the area. Like they knew exactly what they were yeah, doing. Yeah. I, I have some friends and mutual followers who have been playing it and have been really impressed. And the one comment I saw was that, well, actually two things is that one was that the lightning bugs are amazing, I guess, as a, as an innovation with the series. And the other is that, you know, someone ran into a ledge and they figured, Oh, there's no way I'm going to be able to climb on this ledge. And they, and they could like just that seamless exploration. So I've, I've, I've been hearing very good things about it and it's not my cup of tea at the moment, but it does seem like it's, you know, push the envelope design wise. Honestly, I think I, I really do think that like, um, if you if you gave it a second shot that you would probably actually enjoy it like the i i really don't think that yeah like the demo definitely like if if you're not a big monster hunter fan then like jumping into that demo like with kind of like sight unseen um it's a little it's a little abrasive you know like the the mm-hmm. the, the main game actually does a really good job of like yeah, like kind of like slowly introducing you to the game, you know, giving you this 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 like wider variety of of things to do. It's like it's not just it's not just like straight, you know, um, go hunt monsters as much as that is the game. 
like there is um there are these little like there's sort of like a there's sort of the way that they sort of like separate um quests and like quest progression you know like it it, it always just sort of you just just used to be like okay like you have you know you have to hunt these specific monsters and you'll you know you'll rank up um now it's sort of like you have you know you have like these like hub quests where you just you just go out and do like regular monster hunts and then you have like village quests which are sort of centered to your like um your little like you know your the main village area and like those are a little bit more varied uh so like some of them are hunts but some of them are like you know like gather these these items or like you know find this thing like and then i haven't even i haven't got to it yet um because uh because i've just sort of been like taking my time with it but like reading through uh cole watson's review for cg mag online you can read it on the site now um there was the also the the new feature that they had the uh the rampage mode where it kind of plays like a tower defense mini game um these like these like um hmm. these like these like just like this sequence of monsters just sort of keep like attacking your base and you have to sort of set up these like strategic like cannons and ballistas and like you know you have uh like partners who help you out during the fight like you all you also get involved in the like in the battle itself and then by the end of the fight um this this giant like apex monster shows up and it's like you know knocking down like walls and cannons and all the doing all this d- destruction um i haven't got to it yet cole sounded like he was like kind of skeptical about how uh, like a tower defense game would work in a in a game like monster hunter but he according to him it's really fun um and like really tense <laughs> there was a segment like that in in world i, I feel like um it was a big set piece where like the big nasty oh, monster shows up. Well, and, like and... yes and no because the whole uh, that's the the, the Kuve mm-hmm. tear off um, like battle like that's a little bit more like it's a yeah it's a little bit more scripted it's a little bit more like linear in its design like you know um, and again the whole point of that of that whole like battle I guess quote unquote um, is more like right. it's, it's more about I guess like in terms of like how it plays to the story like kind of like um fighting like another like other kind like kinds of monsters that will like perch on the body of the cool bay tear off um yeah is that am i am i i I just don't want to sound like an idiot (laughs) well it's max raids battles isn't it oh no you know what i think though what am i thinking it's dynamax adventures no you know what i'm 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 a little bit the cool bay tear off was the other one that's the that's the giant gold one that was the one they added in later um what's the one i'm thinking of the the big I want to say it was black, and you had to attack some different nodes on it. Um, it's been so long since I played Monster Hunter World. Um, yeah, I, I, I was. Um, or it's as um, is it is it Zora Magdaros? I think it is. Yeah, I think I think Zora it is Zora Magdaros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like that one's the, again. Like that one's more like that. Uh, it's it's so like it, yeah, like it's kind of what you're saying. It's like the. Like it's improving on that. Yeah, because formula. but this is like like the way the way that I've that I've that like Cole described it, and even just the way that I've seen it, like it's it really is more like a tower defense game. Like they kind of like you have like you have to sort of like like you set up your little like your little base, and then monsters just start like mm-hmm. just start like like coming in waves, and so you have to like you have to like mm. genuinely like just defend your little base from these things it's not like with zora magdaros where it's sort of like it's on the move and it's, it's sort of like like this timed event to sort of like get as much damage as you can and like get as much out of the fight as you can you can like 
this is sort of like it there's there right. is an end point to this objective you know what i mean and if like if the monsters sort of like like overwhelm you then it's sort of it's game over right hmm. seems like a cool change of pace, I, I've, apparently it's really fun it and i really want to i'm really excited to experience it because that's the one thing i haven't done yet the whole thing sounds a lot more not not linear but guided as far as um monster hunter has been in the past like with with more more questing and um and the, these tower defense segments it, it seems like it's a more i don't know like it's uh maybe a little maybe a friendlier experience even though that's what world was but uh monster hunter has never been the the friendliest we'll yeah that's that's the thing like, that's kind of what i like about it is that it, it does feel like it's a lot more approachable and yeah like even the, the way that they implement like the wire bugs like it just it you know how you can sort of move around in combat feels so much more like fluid that it like i think a lot more people are going to get or there's a lot it's a lot more accessible to like new newcomers than i think older monster hunters would be um like and like i said the same way that like you know the first time i ever played dark souls like i i kind of like i didn't get it i didn't i couldn't really get into it but then when i played bloodborne like i head over heels in love like it became one of my favorite games of all time um and, and no, bloodborne's the best dark no, souls no, game so it's fine 100 percent. I, I will never just and, I don't, and a lot of dark souls fans won't disagree with you on that either but like but it was like playing yeah. bloodborne was what got me into dark souls like then when i went back and actually revisited like dark souls one and dark souls like two and three like I actually like started getting into it more because I understood it more. Um, so I think it's the same way with this. I think that like if people play Rise, like going into a game like Monster Hunter World or even like the previous generation Monster Hunters, like it's going to feel like night and day different. But like this one, it, it, it gives you a lot more room to actually like enjoy it, I think. Because it was the same way like, when, I, when I played, I played Monster Hunter... Um, what was it? Uh, maybe it was four on the 3ds or monster hunter three on the 3ds and like i like i genuinely like didn't enjoy it like the that one was that that was back when monster hunter a had weird controls and then had to have even weirder controls to go on the 3ds yeah you know no it was monster hunter four i think on uh, the original monster hunter four on uh 3ds and then I got then I played Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate after that and I was like maybe I'll give this a Monster Hunter for you. <laughs> <laughs> and at that, at that time like that's that's sort of like when I kind of like cuz I like I really wanted to like Monster Hunter. Like I knew that I liked it. I just I couldn't get into it. Even I think Monster yeah, when I played 3 Ultimate on on the on the Wii U, I had like I played a demo for it at the time and I was just like I was like this is so cool. Like I just I really want to like this. <laughs> And I just, for some reason, I just, I, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't get past the controls. Like, I couldn't get past the way combat felt. Monster Hunter 3 also had that really terrible thing, if I'm not mistaken, that you could fight monsters underwater, and it was really bad. Oh, underwater God. controls. That, sounds, that just sounds toxic. Uh, oh, no, it was, oh, it was so, yeah, no, there was, like, underwater fights, and it just, oh, it was so, you know. That might have been the 3DS one, because um, I remember, I remember, I my cycle for Monster Hunter is I. It's the same as my cycle for uh, Animal Crossing, actually, where I'll play it religiously for like two months, and then just never play it you again. You know what? Maybe because yeah, I think was um, Monster Hunter Three released on yeah, it was released on 3DS. I can't remember if I played it on the 3DS or the Wii U. I just 
I, I remember the one that came out on the 3DS had a, the big thing was there were underwater segments and I played it and I was like, why like, is this yeah, a it's thing? Like, it's this like, what, if, what, if, what if the underwater combat from Kingdom Hearts was worse? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. Um, Don't say those words again. Yeah, and then, yeah, when I played 4 Ultimate, one of my, my ex-girlfriend's brothers was really into it. And he was like, like genuinely like walking me through it and like like helping me get into it and like once he did that i kind of like started getting way more into it but honestly like i i I, like i genuinely like it's it really has been a while since i played a game like this where like i just like it's almost like i don't i I don't want to put it down you know if i didn't have other things to do in my life like my my like 24 hours a day it would just be monster hunter I'm going to need to check it out at least. I'll probably play it for a couple months and then put it down and never play it again. <laughs> I'm, not sure if the, I'm not sure if the if the demo, the like the, the um, Magnamalo demo is still available. But yeah, like I would say um, I would say give it a look because I, I, I'm really, really enjoying it. And uh, yeah, like if, if Cole if Cole wasn't like the, the reviewer for it, like I would have been on top of that. Like you wouldn't believe because like Jesus I, I don't have enough good things to say about it. Well, I'll probably have to find something new to play here soon if if Final Fantasy XIV doesn't bring me back into its horrible addiction. Oh, I, I think <laughs> it will. <laughs> Endwalker's right around the corner, and I'm just, I'm here in Stormblood being like, I can get there. I can get there. Yeah, I'm in Stormblood too. Nice. <laughs> Yep, I'm hanging out with some uh, some Ara and and wondering why Kugane is even there because I never go back. I love. I I just got there for the first time this week. I love it. It's probably my favorite city right now. But then again, I'm not that far of the store, so maybe I'll uh, find a resort soon. Not to derail us terribly. What server are you playing on? Uh, Coral. Okay, I was gonna say if you're on Lamia, we could. Could hang out, but no. Uh, I won't derail us terribly with Final Fantasy fourteen. Well, you know what? I think I think uh, mm-hmm. it, hey, we're we're playing it. Well, I'm playing it anyways. I guess in that uh, in that in that's in the spirit of uh, not derailing podcasts, I think this is probably the perfect time to actually wrap up this podcast. So, as always, thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to read about any of the things we talked about today or you want to check out Cole's review of Monster Hunter Rise or you want to read my uh, opinion piece about Super Mario called the the day that the day the day the Mario died um, that was a fun joke that only I will probably understand um, you can check all that stuff out at cgmagonline.com uh, if you want to follow us on the socials you can check us out same name cgmagonline on Twitter uh, Instagram, even Facebook, if you are maybe an 80-year-old person and you're still using Facebook. Um, if you want to check me out on any of the socials, you can check me out at on Twitter at NinjaJordan underscore. You can also check me out on YouTube at NinjaJordanReviews. Uh, Chris, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hoogathy. That's H-O-O-G-A-T-H-Y. Or on Twitch at Guild2Tops. And uh, I've got a couple of reviews that just come up. I've just been reviewing some uh, Neo Geo Pocket ports for the Switch, as well as a former Stadia exclusive 
now uh, actually playable elsewhere, actually playable period game called uh, Lost Words Between the Page, or Beyond the Page, uh, which I highly recommend. So check the check the review for that on the website. Nice. And uh, Lane, where are you at these days? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at FritzVault. That's F-R-I-T-Z-V-A-L-T. I occasionally tweet. Um, and you can find me on the, uh, actually do follow that because I've got some evil plans in the works and I'll, I'll probably have to post them there. Um, you can also find me on the website, cgmagonline.com. I'm doing a bunch of hardware reviews right now, um, because I'm the only boy without a PlayStation 5. Oh, yeah, you're the only one, apparently. The only boy. (laughs) The saddest Uh, boy. This is this is the No PS5 Club yeah, right exactly. here. Actually, <laughs> so no, you know what? I was even yeah, I went I went to EB Games today when I picked up uh, all those uh, Monster Hunter amiibos, and uh, and I saw I saw like packaged like PS5 controllers on the shelf, and I was just looking. I was just like, why are those there? I'm like, fucking take those down. You make me sad. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Maybe that's why. I just pretend like it doesn't yeah. exist most of the time. It, it really it doesn't. We all know that the PS5 doesn't actually come out until uh, 2022. Right. Maybe then there'll yeah, be games exactly. for it. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe then we'll have content. <laughs> oh, but uh, from all of us here at the uh, Pixels and Ink crew, thanks for listening. Uh, stay inside. Stay safe. Wear a mask. For the love of God. Uh, Get your vaccine whenever you can. Don't wait. Don't listen to the crackpots on YouTube and Facebook who are saying that this is going to cause problems. Get your damn vaccine and keep listening to great podcasts by great people.